Alright people, ladies and gentlemen, no music this week. It's been a terrible week. We had the Warriors win again. We had Kevin Durant win another MVP, Finals MVP. We had Draymond Green again, just being the biggest piece of shit on the planet. We had Steph Curry. You know, he's still the biggest bitch. And we also had... Mr. Kevin Durant, the biggest snake on the planet, do well again. LeBron, we are sorry. We are all sorry for you. We feel bad. You have J.R. Smith. How much weed does he smoke before the game? That's what I want to know. How many blunts? My over-under is three and a half. The guy, what the fuck? Like, how do you not know? What the score is. How? How do you not know? I know the score when I'm playing men's league for Christ's sake. It's crazy. But look. God damn. LeBron, we feel sorry for you, but the casting was a little, you know, eh, da, 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 you know, not a big fan of that. But LeBron, you're going to figure it out. We're going to go somewhere and we're going to beat the Warriors next year. I'm thinking Philly. I'm thinking L.A. L.A. has the cap room to add a Paul George with LeBron. They got a good core with Kuzma and Lonzo. And Philly, well, they're going to have the mid-level exception they can use. And, uh, you know, they're they're going to have a good core. Sarich, Embiid, Ben Simmons. So, you know, LeBron brings us a team of scrubs to the finals that without him wins 20 to 25 games. He's going to be on a better team. So, I mean, the Warriors better, you know, they're on their high horse, but they, LeBron's going to pick a team where he's going to win, and shit, it's it's kind of crazy. Now, there is a scenario where LeBron stays in Cleveland for some odd reason, but he said it's because his family is, he wants his family to be happy, so his family is going to basically kind of control more of what he's going to do, maybe. So, we'll see. You know, LeBron said that this was an easier decision than 2010. So I don't know if that means that that it's an easier decision because I'm staying for my kids or if it's because this is really terrible and I've there's literally no desire for me to stay here. We'll see. On to bigger fish. Now, as a Knicks fan, unfortunately, I am just I'm sick and tired of the bullshit. I'm sick and tired of the poor poorly run Ran team, sick and tired of it. And I'm now I'm 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 or I'm just I'm I'm watching I'm looking at this draft and I'm gonna I'm gonna freak the fuck out. You're having guys like Aaron Holiday come in for draft workouts. You're having Lonnie Walker come in. You're having Colin. You're having Colin Sexton come in, who I think is gonna be good. But you're not having Dante Divincenzo. The highest riser up the draft boards now coming for a workout. Now, I predict Dante DiVincenzo is going to be this year's Donovan Mitchell. I predict that he's going to come into the NBA and be a very good player. Now, with Lonnie Walker and Colin Sexton, I definitely think they're going to be good, solid players. My problem is that Lonnie Walker right now isn't even projected to go before 14 to 15. Now, neither is Dante, but I think Dante's upside is a much higher. With Aaron Holiday, I don't know why they are literal. I don't know what they're doing. I don't get it. Why? 
Why? Why? Why? What is the point? He's a 6'1", 185-pound point guard. He's not projected to go that high. Why are you bringing him in? What is, what is the point? And why are you not bringing in Dante? Why? Why? I want... I want the Knicks to tell me why they're not bringing in Dante yet. Why has he not been brought in? Okay. On to something else. On to Dante and why I think he's going to be so good. Because from his combine measurements, which, as we can see, highest vertical, highest standing vertical, top 10 in lane agility, and top, uh, he did very well with the mat. For, for a guard, he did very well with the, the bench, the max bench. He got 12 reps. His lane agility time, 10.72, also good. His shuttle run, good. Three-quarter sprint, also good. But the guy is a freak of an athlete, a freak of an athlete. And we saw it in the tournament. We saw the guy, how well he played in the tournament. We saw the athleticism. We saw him absolutely just kill it. That's the thing. We, we saw him kill it in the national championship game where he took anyone from Michigan off the dribble and just absolutely torched them. This is the thing that people, some people don't understand. The NBA has defensive three seconds where you can't just sit in the paint. You have to be defending someone. It opens up the floor more. It creates more offense. And Dante, if you give him that ability to have a more open floor, he's going to be able to go by people and score at pretty much and play make very, very easily. He was doing it in the national championship game with the help defense. You take away the help defense, which is it's not going to be as much in, in the NBA, you have a very good player. He's going to be able to create. He is going to be able to do so many things for your team. He's going to be able to shoot. He's going to be able, be able to rebound for a guard. He's going to be able to defend. He has a high motor, a high IQ. From all that I've just said, you're thinking that you're getting a top 10 player, which you are, I think, in this draft. But this guy, and, and it's crazy. Before the combine, he was at like 28 to 33, anywhere in there. After the combine, he slowly kept trip, step, started, kept going up 22, 23, now, now he's getting up to 15, 16. Mock, all the mock drafts are different. The highest I've seen him right now is like 14, I believe. So he's going up. He's, he's, he's flying up these mock draft boards, and it's the same thing as Donovan Mitchell. Now, with Donovan Mitchell, you had a kid who, has, who had immense talent, but the system he was playing in with Louisville limited how he could play offensively. That's the thing. And we saw with Scary Terry, Terry Rozier on Celtics, how good he is, but compared to where he was drafted and, you know, how he was thought during the draft process. The Louisville system held players down that were so offensively gifted. Now, with Dante, his system didn't hold him down, but I believe that the way the team was constructed and how they were going to win held him down because even though he was the sixth man, he played the third most minutes on the team. He played well, but he didn't have to be the guy. He didn't really, you know, Brunson was the guy for that team. 
And Brunson's a good player, but he's not gonna he's not gonna translate very well to the NBA. He's gonna be a solid NBA player, I think, but nothing like Dante has. He doesn't have the upside Dante has. He doesn't have that athleticism. And we saw that. When you saw that in the national championship game, Brunson wasn't gonna be able to score like he usually did. That Michigan team, a very good defensive team, long guards, good defensive team. Brunson wasn't gonna be able to handle it. Now we saw Dante absolutely kill it. So I think it's just it's just more proof of how good Dante really is going to be. He had no problem being the sixth man. Jay Wright, he did it for the team. Jay Wright asked him to be the sixth man or whatever. He said, okay, sure. And Dante took over when he needed to. And he's getting punished now for, I guess, not scoring, as not playing. I don't know. I don't know why the kid's getting punished, essentially, with where his draft, pro, where, where, his, where he is projected to go. Now, we look at a kid like Trey Young. I think Trey Young is going to be overrated to where he's drafted. I think Trey Young is going to be a good, solid sixth man in the NBA. The kid can score. I'm not denying that, but he has no athleticism. He has no defensive ability, really. He doesn't have speed. He doesn't have the things that you're going to need at the next level. He was getting bullied last year by Colin Sexton. Bullied when they played them. He was getting bullied by guards on when he was playing defense. They were just well, good, strong guards were just beating him up defensively. And you know, that's what this is. This is, but like people don't get it. He's six foot without shoes on, six foot and a half or whatever. He's six one and a quarter and, uh, and three quarters with shoes on. Steph Curry's a legit 6'3", like a legitimate 6'3". He has a longer wingspan than Trey Young. That's what people don't get. Wingspan's big, especially when you're that small. And it's crazy. The comparisons are just, I don't get how you're going to compare the guy. Those two inches that Steph has over him are big. Steph is a, you know, I mean, for an NBA point guard, he's got decent size. It's 6'3", it's, you know. Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook is arguably 6'3". Who knows? I, I, you know, the measurements are all messed up. But we know Trey Young isn't isn't very athletic. His combine numbers, he he, the combine numbers he put up were bottom 10 percent ever for a guard. So they were terrible. And con the combine really measures athleticism. It tries to measure your athleticism and how it'll translate into the NBA game. See, I think the NBA Combine is more important than the NFL Combine because, you know, NFL Combine off 40-yard dash, whatever, who gives a shit. The NBA Combine measures your athleticism for a sport that you need so much. You need so much athleticism in. You know, like, there's very few players that have been very good without very good athleticism. And Dante, well, we saw his numbers. We talked about him. Absurd athleticism, according to those numbers. And that's what people aren't getting. So do I, I want Dante DiVincenzo instead of Trey Young? Yeah, I don't want to draft Trey Young if I'm a Knicks fan. Because, yeah, okay, cool. He could be a Lou Williams type where he's coming off the bench and scoring. And Lou Williams, hell, he's had some great games. But is Lou Williams worth a top 10 pick? Is a Lou Williams type of player worth a top 10 pick? I don't, I don't think so. And that's what people don't get. And people just don't understand why I'm so crazy and hell-bent on Dante. Well... I kind of just laid it out for you. The kid is rising up the draft boards, and the Knicks haven't even given him an interview yet. And I'm, I'm sick and tired of this shit. I'm sick and tired of the Knicks 
just screwing me over as a fan, doing terrible things for the team. I mean, come on, man. Like, let's be real right now. If the Knicks drafted Don, I mean, uh, Donovan Mitchell last year and KP stayed healthy, you're, you're talking about a team that could have, you know, possibly tried to lure LeBron in. Because if they had cap room also without Joakim Noah, God, God help us with Joakim Noah, please. Oh. You have a team that LeBron could consider, I think. And there's still NBA analysts that are that think that LeBron could consider coming to the Knicks. Get the, get real. Really? Stop. Reggie Miller, Kenyon Martin, stop, guys. Stop putting any hope in the Knicks fans that LeBron's coming because he's not. There's no way in hell. But with the draft this year, I want them to draft. This is my this is my order of you know who I, the top five I want them to draft. I want Michael Porter Jr. first if they could get him. I would want a Wendell Carter. I'd want Dante, Mikel Bridges, and Sexton. In that order, those are the five realistic options that I want. And by realistic, I mean where they could possibly, you know, go. I'm not talking about Aiton. I'm not talking about Bagley. I'm not, you know, there was one mock draft I did see where Mo Bamba fell to the Knicks, which I don't know how that's going to happen. But, hey, if that happened, I would love to have Mo Bamba. 7-10 wings, man, for Christ's sakes. But all in all, I'm sick of the Knicks. I'm sick of the way they just run this fucking franchise. You're giving you're giving workouts to Aaron Holiday. Aaron Holiday who realistically the from all the mock drafts we've been seeing it's like he's going 19. Oh god, it doesn't make any sense. Oh. It's so annoying. It really is. I don't get it. I mean, and Lonnie Walker is realistically going over Dante. Their athleticism is around the same. I think Dante actually might be a little more athletic. But Lonnie Walker has a 6'10 wingspan. Wingspan translates well to the NBA. It helps in the NBA. But that's the other thing with Trey Young. Trey Young has no wingspan. His wingspan is the shortest in the NBAs. In the, uh, sorry, in the mock, in the, uh, whatever, in the combine. He had the shortest wingspan in the combine, 6'3 wingspan. So... So no wingspan, no athleticism, no speed. Okay, great. Yeah, Knicks. And, uh, uh, th- yeah, that'd be great. The Knicks take him, and he turns out to be, you know, a sixth man who could score a little here and there. Oh, that's good. But all in all, guys, look, as a Knicks fan, you want to have a team that that, that, that starts making the right decisions, that st- stops overthinking stuff, that... That doesn't go with the hype. Now Trey Young's getting all the hype in the world. Great. Let's see it translate because I don't think it's gonna translate. I think he's gonna be a sixth man like a Lou Williams, and that's that's not worth a top ten pick. I'm sorry. You know now if if the Knicks get a, I, I can live with those five. Those five, any of those five that I just said, I'll be happy with. Even you know if they went with Alani Walker. I, I wouldn't mind it. I, I think Lonnie Walker is going to be a good, solid player. I just think Dante DiVincenzo is going to be better. Now, Dante DiVincenzo just keeps getting shitted on. Why does he keep getting shitted on? I don't know. I, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. The, the numbers are there. All the numbers are there. You can see with your eyes. 
The kid loves basketball. The kid knows how to play basketball. The kid is so intelligent. And the kid is an athletic freak. An athletic freak. And he's so smart when it comes to basketball. It doesn't make sense. So hopefully, hey, hopefully when you're listening to this, the Knicks have talked to uh, and brought in Dante. And I'll be happy. But until then, I don't know what they're going to do because I'm sick of this bullshit. So we will see. The draft is nine days away. We will see how it's going to go. Trey Young, please do not come here. I pray. I pray they don't draft him. And hey, if I'm wrong about Trey Young, rub it in my face. I don't care. But I'm just I'm calling what I see. I think he's going to be a good a decent NBA player, but he's not going to be good from from the position he was drafted in. He's not. He's going to go I mean, I've seen him go anywhere as high as 4 or 5. He ain't going to he is not going to be worth that pick. I'm telling you now. He will not be. Guys, as always, Thank you for listening, and you know we're going to come back soon. We're going to get into some Yankees talk. Fantasy football's coming up, getting a little fantasy football talk maybe. And hey, you know, just because it's the dead spot of sports, it doesn't matter. It's okay. Also, little bonus feature we got going here. We're going to go with some World Cup future bets. The World Cup's coming up. You got Portugal at 23-1. to 1. That is my... Bet that I love with the odds and everything. I think it's a dark horse bet that could definitely translate. Portugal's got Ronaldo. They got one of the best players in the world, arguably the best player in the world, and they won the Euros two years ago. Also, they do not have to play Germany or Brazil in the quarterfinal. Big. I like Portugal, I like Germany, and I like Brazil. I like those three. Germany's 4-1, to one, Brazil's about 4.5-1. to one. You get any of those ones, I think you're looking good. Guys, as always,